So in the glare of the Jerusalem sun, Jews from every nation push each other to get a closer look and to hear 12 men speak about God's most recent display of power. One man named Peter raises his voice to address a crowd some 50 days after his master was crucified in the very city that they were in. He solemnly declares that the Holy Spirit has come upon them inaugurating a new age. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22 through 24, it says, Men of Israel, listen to this, as Peter speaks. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. This morning as I stand before you and I share this, as Peter speaks, he lays out the basic outline of the gospel that we are going to begin today. He lays this basic outline of Mark's gospel, which tells more fully the story of what happened. What was hidden during Jesus' public ministry can now be made public to clarify the basis of the Christian faith in Jesus Christ. And so this morning, what we are going to do is we're going to begin this series on the gospel of Mark. And I have to be honest with you. I've got to speak truth to you. I've got I to confess to you just for a moment or two. God and I had a lot of arguments this past week, okay? Well, let me just say, I argued with God a lot this week, okay? I have ADD. And so for me, for me to stay on one subject or to stay on one theme for more than about five or six weeks, I'm like, this ain't ain't happening, you know? And I have been wrestling with this since the very beginning of the year. God has been speaking to me, telling me, Steve, you talk about discipleship. You talk about the gospel that I have proclaimed. You talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Why have you not preached through one of my gospels yet? And I have said to God on more than one occasion, because they're long. (laughs) 
Some of our visitors here today, they're going, I don't know, we probably shouldn't come back again. This guy's a little weird. But finally I gave in, because God is always right, amen? And so today, we are going to begin the Gospel of Mark. Now, just for the record, Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels. But I don't know how long this series is going to last. I don't know. We're going to preach from Mark chapter 1 through Mark chapter 16. Not all today, okay? (laughs) Some of you got really nervous. (laughs) But we are going to preach through the gospel of Mark because I am convinced that everything that we struggle with Everything that we face in our walk with Christ, every challenge that we have in life, the Gospels cover it. Instead of preaching topics, as as Jason Warren, one of my pastor buddies in town, instead of preaching on topics, I'm going to preach the Gospel, and the Gospel will take care of the topics that we face. Amen? Amen? Now, I wanted to begin this morning by sharing five reasons that it's important for me to preach this gospel, to proclaim this. And this is going to take really only a couple minutes for me to share this, but I want you to understand the five reasons why I'm doing this. First of all, all of the people on this planet have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ yet. And as long as there are people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus, the church's job is not finished. Amen? In Jesus' commission to his followers, he said for us to teach all that he commands. Matthew 18, or 28, verses 19 and 20, the Great Commission. And in order to teach all that he has commanded, we need to know it ourselves. And so we need to know what the Gospels tell us. And so we need to hear what Mark in his Gospel has to say to us. The second thing is this. The second reason is that no one did the things that Jesus did. No one said the things that Jesus said. Studying the Gospels, yes, it can be a daunting task, but every hour spent... In the gospel, I guarantee will will leave us craving more of it. So much could have been written on the early life of Jesus that the world itself could not contain all the volumes that could have been written about his short yet full life. There, There is no narrative like his. And folks, I'm here to tell you that we need to study it. We need to preach this. We need to hear this. We need to live this. Amen? And when we hear and we apply the message of Jesus Christ, this is number three, our lives will change. In our days, people are always drawn to study topics. They will, you guys, we want to talk about subjects like marriage and parenting and end times and finances and government and all of those different things. If we're going to study those topics, just like I said a moment ago, wouldn't it be best to hear from the one who set all of that up? 
In the Gospels, we find Jesus speaking on those topics that the world wants to hear and so much more. Number four, the reason why I'm preaching through this, we need to hear this, is because simply put, I love studying all the Gospels. But the Gospel of Mark specifically is unique in the sense that he highlights Jesus calling for people to follow him and follow him immediately. Each passage, as we study through this, each passage has a unique way uh, of, of calling people toward discipleship, toward obedience. And while you can study any book, the Bible is the only book, I believe, that studies us. Did you catch that? Did you catch what I said there? We spend a lot of time studying books and studying stuff, but the Word of God, we not only study it, but it studies us. And finally, the reason why I want to preach through the book of Mark is because Mark wrote to the Romans. I don't know if you know that, but he was writing to the Romans. And that culture, the Roman culture at the time that Mark wrote this letter, that culture was a fast-paced and it was a religiously confused culture. Did you catch that? Fast-paced and they were confused religiously. They were unsure regarding the identity of Jesus and Mark wanted to let them know of Jesus' true identity and who he was. And it's interesting. You know who the first person to truly recognize who Jesus was, was? He was a Roman. Do you know that? Mark chapter 15, verse 39. This is a spoiler alert because we're not there yet, okay? And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said... Surely this man was the Son of God. You see, we live in a culture confused as well. We live in a culture that needs to hear the truth regarding the important message, the most important man to ever live, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so today we're going to begin this study on the book of Mark. Today, we're going to dive in, and I have no clue how long this is going to take, but I know that through this study, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that we are going to be changed. We're going to be transformed. We're going to be challenged. Amen? So let's pray. God, I ask you right now, Lord, let your word be spoken here today. May we be challenged. May we be inspired. May we be moved. May we be transformed by hearing your word, by hearing your gospel, by seeing what Mark has to say to us and living it in our lives. I pray this in your most precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
All right, so if you have a Bible, if you have a a phone with an app on it, if you uh, have whatever you have, or if you just want to read it up on the screen, we're going to begin, and we're going to read Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. I want to point out also for you real quick, we made these little cards that we slid in the back of the uh, chairs. If you want to take notes on this, those are going to be there every week. You can pull one of those out. There's just a generic card lets you write down the title and put the information, and you can take some notes on it if you want to use it. If you don't use notes and don't do that, then don't worry about it, but they will be there for you if you want to use it. So the title of the message today is Joining the Work of Jesus in His Kingdom. And we're going to begin with Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, beginning with verse 1. It said, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. I had a buddy of mine when I was in junior high that ate a locust one time. It's not fun to watch people eat those things. Anyway, the wild honey makes them taste a little better. And he preached saying, you guys got to lighten up a little bit. No, it doesn't say that, but you guys, I meant you guys, you guys, okay. I know your intent, okay. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So here we have in these first eight verses, John the Baptist comes on the scene and he is preparing the way for Jesus' arrival. And so today, the message that I want us to grab out of these first eight verses is the message that if we are going to be the followers of Jesus Christ that he has called us to be, we have got to also make room for Jesus in our own lives in order for us to join him in his kingdom work. In other words, what I'm saying today and the message I want you to get clear is that we cannot give Jesus the leftovers of our life and expect our lives to make the difference that he commands us to make, that he challenges us to make in our lives. When we put anything other than Jesus Christ first in our lives... Whatever is first, whatever we put in front of Jesus, that becomes the center of our lives. 
And here, what John is challenging us to in the book of Mark, what we're reading here in these first eight verses is the reality that as Jesus begins his public ministry, the challenge is for us is that we have got to allow Christ to be at the center of our lives. And so if we don't make room for Christ, whatever we allow in will control our lives. Amen? And that affects every part of your life. That affects everything. No? If money becomes the center, your life becomes money, about money. All right? If your kids become the focus, become the center, your kids become all about your life. Anything other than Jesus Christ at the center keeps us from being the disciples of Jesus Christ that he has called us to be. Amen? And so I want to give you just three things here today that will allow you to give Christ the space that he deserves in your life. The first thing that we have to do in Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It says, As it was written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. You see, we've got to be ready. We've got to be challenged. You see, in this passage of Scripture, the good news is that Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for and the God that we have been longing for. If you came here today and you're searching, I'm about to tell you or I have just told you what you're searching for. If you are feeling like there is a void in your life, if there is struggle in your life, if your marriage is not where it's supposed to be, if your relationship with your children are not where they're supposed to be, if your finances are struggling, if you hate to go to work every day, and the list goes on and on and on, if those things are weighing down on you, what I'm going to tell you and what I'm telling you here today is that the answer to those things is Jesus Christ. Amen? And so you have to be ready. You have to be ready to receive him. The good news is that Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for and the God we've been looking for. When God makes a promise, you and I never have to question whether he will keep it or not. You see, when he said, I will be with you always, that was a promise that he made. You see, God has never left any one of us. He is always there with us. We may turn our back on him, but he never turns his back on us. And so as we study these first verses of Mark in chapter 1, we have to be ready to receive what God has for us. We need to, if you want Christ at the center of your life, what you have to do is you have to remove any obstacles in the way of you following Jesus Christ. Verse 2 and 3, it says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. You know what John was doing? He was preparing the people for the Messiah who was coming. 
You see, you and I in our lives, if we want to see Christ move in a mighty way in our lives, if we want to see a difference made, we have to start removing the obstacles in our lives that get in between us and Jesus Christ. And I don't know what those obstacles are. I don't know what they look like. I don't know what they are for you. There's a, 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 a boatload of different obstacles. But you need to seek out the Father and find out what they are. And then get them out of the way. Amen? Now that leads me to the second point that comes out in this passage. And that is, not only are we to be ready, but we have to be willing. Okay? Now, we're literally preaching through this gospel verse by verse to, 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 to a certain extent. And so John, it says in verses 4 through 6, I want to read this again. And if you haven't noticed also, I'm reading the verses a lot because you're probably going, well, he already read that now. I'm reading it a lot. You know why I'm reading it a lot? You know why? ADD. ADD. So it sticks. That's right. Thank you, Joey. And maybe a little of ADD. John appeared. Verse 4 through 6. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Being bold in ministry requires a confidence in God, not oneself. You see, you and I, we've got to be willing, we've got to be willing to allow God to take first place in our lives, to come in and take control. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he can do through me. Amen? It's about what he is doing and how I surrender to allow him to do that in my life. You see, the people in the passage here in John chapter 1, the people prepared for Jesus, it says, through repentance, through confession, and through baptism. So they first started by repenting, and then they confessed, and then they went public. They let the world know what God was doing and what Jesus was doing in their lives. You see, what you need to realize and what I need to realize is you don't have to look like the world in order for the world to look to you. Did you hear that? We don't have to look like the world in order for us to have a voice in the world. We just have to be willing and obedient. You see, we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ here at Lifebrook Church. And a lot of times I'm, I'm a little confused by some of the gospels that I hear other churches preach and other ministries preach. And please don't take this as an indictment or a slam on anybody else. I'm just telling you what I hear. Anytime I hear something that has to do with prosperity, anytime I hear anything that has to do with we're right and everybody else is wrong, Anytime I hear anything that says, well, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's up to you, you know, there's multiple paths, it's all about, you know, just what you feel. Anytime I hear things like that, I question whether they're actually reading the Bible, because Jesus 
lays the gospel out very clearly. And the gospel comes in two parts, okay? It's the part where he declares, and it's the part of where we receive the imperative, okay? The declaration is that, listen, Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. He is the Messiah, amen? Jesus came, and he died for our sins, right? And on the third day, he rose, amen? And someday, we will get to spend eternity with him, and we are living in his kingdom, amen? Now, the other part of the gospel is, and if you believe this and you receive this, then you need to repent, you need to believe, repent of your sins, believe that he is the Savior, and follow him. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? All right? You see, what, what, what is going on here is that if we are going to make a difference in the world, we have to follow the gospel that Jesus proclaims. And it is a gospel where Jesus said, listen, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you can't love, if you haven't got the love thing down, you don't have the Jesus thing down. You see, we're called to live our lives in such a way as though Christ were living our lives for us. And Jesus, the, the greatest thing that Jesus modeled was what? What is it? Love. All you need is love. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was my ADD kicking. <laughs> yeah, love. All right? We're called to love like Christ. We're called to be Christ to those we come in contact with in our lives. And, and what, what makes that possible is for us just to be willing to be obedient. Amen? You don't have to look like the world in order for the world to look to you. Listen, we start loving people the way Jesus loves and people are going to want to know what we have. Amen? you got to be willing. The final thing that I read in this passage today, Mark chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, is that if, we, if we're going to make room for Jesus in our lives in order for us to join him in his kingdom work, we have to be ready, we have to be willing. But the third thing that I see in this passage today is we've got to be humble, folks. Mark chapter 7 and 8. Chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. John, it says, it says, Mark says, And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. John was an incredible guy because he had disciples. He had followers. They were coming to him to be baptized. Some asked if he was Elijah. Some even thought that John was the Messiah. He could have gotten the Messiah complex if he wasn't careful. 
But you see, John knew what he was about. He knew what his calling and life was about. He knew that he was laying the path for the Messiah. There was, no, there was no attempt by him to get any kind of glory. There was no attempt by him to get any kind of credit. John knew that Jesus was the center. And if we are going to allow, if we're going to make room in our life, if we're going to, to, to let Christ be the center of our lives, we have got to be willing to push ourselves completely out of the way. As the Apostle Paul said, I die daily to myself. That is not something that is said flippantly, okay? Paul said that specifically because let's just be honest with ourselves. If we were, if we were, if we, if we're really honest, uh, uh, who do you like to make happy the most other than your wife or husband? Yourself. Yeah. Okay? I like to make me happy, all right? And I, I, I know exactly how to make me happy, all right? If any of you want to know how to make me happy, I can give you some information, all right? Starts with chocolate chip cookies. It's not about me. Oh, it doesn't start with chocolate chip cookies anymore. I'm going to diet. I'm sorry. It starts with carrots and celery. No. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Christ. You see, never get so caught up focusing on your kingdom that you neglect to prioritize God's kingdom. Think about the, the message, the series we just came out of. Remember when we talked about the constant battle between your kingdom and God's kingdom, your story and God's story? You see, God's story in your life is the most important story, not your story, not my story. And the enemy wants us to believe that our story is the most important story. But it's not. We have to lay aside our story for the kingdom story. You see, we need to have a clear view of Jesus. Because when we have a clear view of Jesus Christ, we will never allow pride to get in the way. You see, what John the Baptist did here as we wrap this message up today in verse 7, he cleared the path for Jesus Christ. And then Jesus cleared the path for the Holy Spirit. You remember when Jesus ascended in Matthew 28? He said, I must go what? So that my spirit may come. You see, this is kind of interesting when we think about a Trinitarian theology and we think about Trinitarian conversation. You see, God, the Father, the outside. Jesus, the Son, beside. The work of the Holy Spirit 
God inside. Did you catch that? The Father, God around us. The Son, God beside us. The Holy Spirit, God working in us. You see, it's all about God. It's all about Him being the center. And the only way that He's going to be center is if we set aside our pride, humble ourselves before the Lord, and seek His face. Amen? There's no better time to get right with God than today. Did you hear that? I don't know exactly what brought you here today. Some of you, you brought, you're brought because you come every Sunday. But there's some of you, I, I'm like, was, I've been like, I mean, I'm like a kid in a toy store. You know, you, I like toys. You guys, have you ever been in my office? You know that, okay? Anytime a new Star Wars Lego comes out, I get excited. But you know what excites me more than getting a new Star Wars Lego? When I see new faces. When I see the opportunity to share Jesus with new people. There's a lot of new people here today, and I'm not going to make you stand up. We're not that kind of church either. Although I wish we were the kind of church that delivered cookies, because... going to have to meet you twice a week to disciple <laughs> but I, I get excited when I see new people because that's an opportunity to share Christ and I don't know what brought you here today if you're here for the first time I don't know what brought you here today as far as what you think but what did bring you here today is the fact that Jesus loves you and Jesus wants you to hear his message. And that's what it's all about today. You see, there is no better time than right now to get right with God. So the questions that I have for you this morning as the band comes up and we get ready to close and we get ready to wrap it up, the questions I have for you is, number one, How much room have you given Jesus in your life? You hang out with him for a couple hours on Sunday morning, and that's it? Maybe you get up early in the morning and you spend a couple minutes, read a couple verses. Maybe you, I don't know, pray before you eat. How much room in your life have you given Jesus? Because the truth is, your life belongs to Him. And through Him, all things can be accomplished. 
So where are you today in that? The second question that I want to ask you is this. What space, what things, what stuff do you need to clear out in order for Christ to take first place? You see, I'm afraid that a lot of times if we're not careful we will allow a lot of clutter to build up. And it's not that we don't love Jesus. It's not that we don't want to serve Jesus. It's not that we don't want to uh, be like Jesus. But we just let stuff pile up and take space. And all of a sudden, before we know it, we've pushed Christ all the way out of the view. This morning, I want you to ask the Father, what is it that's getting in the way of me and you? Just start by asking that question. And then, spend some time listening to what he has to say to you. You see, the mo- this morning, as we begin this series, before we do anything else in this series, we have to make room for Jesus in our lives. And that's the way Mark starts here. Mark starts here by challenging us to be willing, to be ready, and to be humble. And when we do that, we will begin to see great and mighty works done in the name of Christ. Amen? Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, this morning, I ask that you would just speak to us right now. And Lord, whatever it is that you're saying, whatever, whatever you have for us, let our ears be open. Let our hearts be receptive. And let our lives be willing. Because you have called us to be disciples. You have called us to be disciples who make disciples. And Lord, that all begins by us receiving you as first place in our life. So Lord, speak to us today. Challenge us with what you will. And my prayer more than anything is that we will respond. I pray this in your most precious name. Amen.